Each episode of the Blind Alchemy podcast is designed to be helpful. Expect comedy. Do not expect consistency or sense to be made. I am Podbot. I was inspired by the Lion Goat podcast. Listen to that show. On today's episode, a blind alchemist beats a real chemist in an interview comparing the seven stages of the alchemical process with the six fundamentals of chemical phase transitions. Hello and welcome to the Blind Alchemy Podcast. I am your host, the Blind Alchemist, and I am coming at you live from the kitchen with this rendition of reality as we know it. We are all one, and there is nothing new under the sun that shines down here upon the island of mind, which is somewhere adrift in the sea of frequency that creates all of reality. You see, we are connected through this energy. Now, I would like to thank you for joining us today. Today's episode, we will attempt to compare alchemy and chemistry. See what they have in common. Today's guest is our very knowledgeable scientist professor, Thelodius Frump. Uh, yes, Frump. of course I. Yes, of course I know where to sit. I can see there's a chair there. Uh, of course, I can find my way over to the desk. You know. Well. No, don't touch me like that. Uh, okay, uh, you don't have to push me around. I can see there's a microphone there. Yes, I'll just sit down in front of this microphone. I understand. Yes, of course, I, I understand how the microphone works. It, uh, I, I probably understand that better than you. You don't have to explain to me how I'm a quantum physicist. I understand how electromagnetic waves go through the air and they change the condenser of the microphone and convert the uh, electromagnetic transference of uh, sound waves from analog to digital and convert that into audio. Something that I'm quite aware of. I'm sure that I can figure out how to sit in front of... Uh, yes, of course I'll put the... Oh, I don't like when people touch me. Stop touching. Let me put those on my own head. Okay. And I don't need any explanation how to sit here and make a recording. Hello. Thank you for being here. Uh, Hello. Sit. Oh. All right. Are you in the chair? Are you comfortable? Well, comfort is a relative term. Great. Well, it looks like you could do a little extra fitness, okay, on your end. Do a little extra what on my end, sir? Oh, I was talking to that lady. She has a rather plump behind. Oh, yes. That's Patricia. She has a rather large ass. I, I thought it was quite beautiful myself, but she was trying to tell me uh, how to behave in a studio, and I think I, uh, I can understand how to do that myself. Okay. Thank you for joining us, uh, Professor. Hello. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where did you actually get your multiple PhDs? 
what I understand, right? I studied at uh, uh, Caltech, MIT, uh, Yale, uh, the Sorbonne, and uh, I, I received my final PhD, indeed, uh, at the College of Boston. Walter referred to as Boston College. Boston. Boston College, eh? Uh, that's a... I find that accent to be stereotypical and uh, not quite uh, uh, appropriate. Okay. <laughs> now, it seems that you've brought me here for some reason. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you were brought here for a reason. I have a conversation on today's podcast about the stages of chemistry and or alchemy, comparatively, if you would like to do that. Well, as a as a physicist, I don't acknowledge the stages of alchemy. I, I'm sure that was outdated many centuries ago, or at least a hundred years at this point. But yes, if you'd like to talk about the fundamental phases of chemistry, I can help you do that. Oh. Oh, good. I'm glad you're here. What would you like to know? Well, uh, let's start at the start. What is chemistry? How does it pertain to alchemy? It seems like you've got some devices. Perhaps you should mute those before you record in the studio. What are they comparable? I didn't hear anything that you said. No, I didn't hear anything you said. <laughs> so you obviously do <laughs> not know how to work a microphone with your PhD in uh, quantum physics, sir. It did not help you work a fucking microphone. I, I don't think I don't think that's right at all. I'm using it correctly. I don't think you I are. I can see on your screen you've got red lines. Yeah, well, yeah. It sounds like you're talking too loud. Perhaps you're too close to your microphone if you're red lighting like that. Wow. Oh, Ted, we got another Ted in here. God damn it. Oh, all right. Uh, a, a smarter Ted. Well, I don't know who this Ted guy is that you're talking about. Uh, it doesn't matter. That, that guy over there you can't see, it's, that's Ted, sound engineer. Oh, yeah, the guy that's passed out over there in the booth, is that what you're talking about? Well, I'm not wholly certain he's passed out. He just looks like that all the time. Oh, I see. He, he, he works in a, in, a, in a phase of torpor. What? It's like he's in a state of torpor. He just awakens at the time when his little fingers needed to reach up and hit the record button. Is that how it works? <laughs> Mostly. Mostly that's how that works. Okay. Uh, Ted, were we going to play the music? Well, I don't know what you were bagging up the music for. Some music? You'd like to hear some music? What kind of music would you like to hear? We could listen to all kinds of music. I, I generally like a little bit of salsa music. You look like a man who enjoys a good polka. Do you enjoy a good polka, Mr. Um, what was your name again? Reginald Winsforth? Is that correct? Uh, my name is Dr. Frunk. Oh, okay. Well, who's... Yeah, I don't know who this Reginald Winsworth is. But... Uh, that's tomorrow's guest. I see. I see. I'm sorry. I, I'm a day ahead of us. I apologize, Mr. Uh, Professor Frank. Frank? Frank? No. Frank. It's definitely Frank. not Frank. It's Frank. Oh, not Frank. Uh, not Fink? Frank. But anyway, uh, thank you for being here today, Mr. Reginald Winforth. Is that what you're looking for? That, Is that the sort of music that you'd like to hear? Is that what you're going for? sounded a bit like space radio chatter. What was that? This is the beer wagon polka, of course. The beer wagon polka. The beer wagon polka. Ah, I thought you were a polka man. You look a bit like a polka man with those very, very thick glasses and white coats. Are you looking marvelous? You're killing it like your pocket protector. It's, is that a red pin?
Gotta have a red pin, I, don't you? I feel like many of the people in my life that I've known, you're making fun of me. And I, I will not stand uh, for that. I've, I've taken a few... I'm not making fun of you, sir. I'm saying uh, that's I've taken a few courses online and I've learned not to put up with that kind of bullshit from uh, people anymore. I, I will not be bullied. I will not be treated like I'm some sort of subcorporeal human. I am and a very highly... Highly gravitized scientist. Okay. Well, that's good to know. And uh, for the record, it was not bullying you. That is a very sharp lab coat and a very fine pocket protector. What brand is that? Who makes that? It's made by M. Oh. oh, yeah. Quality stuff. Those guys do fine production work over there at the M factory. So they're making post-it notes and paper clips and staples. They're, they're doing it all. And that is a excellent pocket protector well i used to use the pocket protectors from three pond but uh they were radioactively uh, isometric and they reduced a little bit of uh cancer agents uh, and they were outruled by california proposition eight so i decided that i would use uh the the ones from yeah you have a red marker there. Uh, is that a Sharpie? It is indeed a red Sharpie. I find that that works best when I'm marking out my physics occasions. Uh, physics equations, excuse me, occasions, equations, they're all the same thing. If you might think about how those numbers occasionally meet in the middle. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, it is red. I, I like to use the red because it uh, it's easy to see on the windows. Uh, you know, when I run out of whiteboard, sometimes I have to finish the equation on the on the window and when i do it the red shows up nicely mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense do you do a lot of computations so a sizable computation takes up a whole whiteboard you said uh how many whiteboards do you use in a day or per equation sir well, I don't usually count the whiteboards for the equation. That's not usually the way I approach it. Uh, sometimes when you're doing transitions of matter from one state to the other, perhaps you've taken an organic chemistry class. Uh, if you are indeed educated, uh, uh, you would know that these different sorts of transitions, you've got all kinds of parentheses and you know, there's lambdas and sigmoids and different sort of Greek figures. And sometimes we... Uh, we have to do uh, a bit of integration, and, and, and there's all sorts of different types of equations. You've got to do the transference of matter to energy and from different states of moles and to different molecular compositions. And, well, it can take up, uh, it, it, it's unfathomable the amount of space that it could take. Uh, it's, it's a lot of times my lab coat will just kind of drag along the whiteboard behind me, uh, erasing the equations as I write them uh, sometimes and that can be a bit frustrating but uh, gratefully I have this enormous brain in which I can recall all the different equations that I've written uh, instantly after I've seen them the first time. Oh, photographic memory. Eh? It does uh, make uh, giving uh, lectures more difficult however when the students can't recall the equations. Yeah I can I can see that being a problem trying to learn these complicated computations if uh, the equation is missing. Not everyone is blessed with a uh, photographic, photogenic, photographic memory as yourself, sir. So uh, I prefer the term photogenius. <laughs> of course, of course you do. Of course, that's a little coin of term that I came up with. So, what can you tell us today about chemistry itself? Is it really alchemy's little brother?
I'm perplexed by the question. I'm not sure I understand what you're asking. Are, are you are you suggesting that chemistry is some sort of sexual dimorphism like uh, human beings and that their siblings and mothers and fathers related to chemistry? Yes. Uh, that is exactly what I'm expressing here. So uh, alchemy and chemistry are relatives. Related? Well, I'm bad, but I'm bad. But, uh... In a sense, perhaps chemistry is uh, more like the uh, more like the outcome of a, uh, a a refinement, if you will, of the concepts of alchemy. Uh, they were once a, a primitive notion of of the different sort of transitions between uh, metals and uh, different other uh, concepts of elements. Uh, mainly, what they were talking about are the, the, the fundamentals of phase transitions, which we eventually uh, evolved into what we call now uh, the uh, phase transitions or changes uh, between different physical states of matter, such as uh, solids to liquids or liquids to gas. Uh, these transitions are important in many fields, um, but they relate not only to chemistry, but also physics uh, and material science. And if you think of alchemy as perhaps you could say it's the father of all those three different uh, uh, fields of scientific inquiry. Yeah, let's say that. Let's say... It is the predecessor to chemistry, probably metaphysics even. Met Not metaphysics, well, could be. Yeah, from the scientific perspective, that is one of the limitations of the concept of alchemy. It tended to blend this uh, form of theoretical physics, or if you will, metaphysics, with the uh, physical uh, nature of the uh, of the atmosphere and of our environment itself, of the elemental environment itself. I like to focus uh, mainly on the physical transitions in my own scientific uh, exploration and less on the uh, theoretical physics, though I do uh, appreciate that as a valid field. Do you? Do you? So, how many PhDs are you in current possession of? Uh, one does not possess a PhD as much as it's a uh, acknowledgement of one's dedication uh, to study and uh, ability to uh, propose a distinct and individual theory uh, that that is uh, lauded in the minds of the uh, uh, scientific community or indeed the scholarly community. I have earned at least. Four Four PhDs through the normal route, and I have one uh, additional PhD that was granted to me uh, just as a form of uh, yeah, societal appreciation. Oh, really? So some fellow eggheads kiss your ass with a phony piece of paper and some extra letters on your name. Awesome. Way to go. Great. That is excellent work for you. So what an achievement. <laughs> well, at least you see it the way I see it. Well... That's the way it is. We can agree upon that. <laughs> now we will take a break for some advertisements. Please support our sponsors. Ted, I thought we were going to go with a miners only commercial. Yeah, for all your minor needs. Minersonly.com. I think we'll do that first. I don't think it's that kind of website. I think it's legit, like, mine, like you know, coal miners and cobalt miners, whatever they mine out of the ground. I don't think it's, I don't think it's child porn. We better research before we actually, yeah.
Okay, thank you, Ted. I'm not sure I want to be involved in uh, any sort of podcast that would encourage the abuse of minors. Uh, what, what exactly are you talking about? Minersonly.com for, you know, your everyday minor needs. What everyday minor needs? I'm sure they have hard hats and not children. Are you trying to uh, acquire some different uh, uh, basic elements for your chemistry practices? Mm-hmm, definitely. Oh, I see. Do they mine gold and platinum and these sorts of materials for your oh, sign? Yes, they're a very large company. They uh, operate all over the world. You can even, if you sign up with their program, come to their current site for whatever element you're trying to get out of the earth. And you can run the cultivator yourself or go in there with a pickaxe and a hat with a light on it. It's a lot of fun. It's dirty work, uh, but we highly recommend giving it a shot. If you love science the way that we do over here at the Blind Alchemy Podcast, you're going to love MinersOnly.com. Sign up, take a trip, mine crap out of the dirt till your heart is content. Wow, I had no idea that you... Just imagine this could be your advertisement. Please reach us at the Blind Alchemy Podcast at gmail.com to provide sponsorship. And now, back to the show. Anyway, back to the show. So tell me, what is your level of expertise? I, I hear that they call you the blind alchemist. Are you indeed blind? Uh, are you an alchemist? Do you study the ancient uh, forms of chemistry that were called alchemy? Or if you'd like, All perhaps right. I could give you a bit of education and we could make you a chemist instead of an alchemist. Have you ever tried mining, Professor? Well, I have worn a hard hat once or twice uh, when I was working on one of my more dangerous uh, chemical experiences, uh, experiments is, uh, and I wanted to uh, protect my head from the potential of a uh, radioactive meltdown, uh, but now that's about the only sort of mining that I've uh, ever been involved with. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Plastic hat protected you from radioactive meltdown. Pretty good plastic. Must have been duvet. Duvet plastic. <laughs> no, it's a it's a, it's a safety precaution. Uh, like wearing these uh, safety glasses that I have, you know, just in case I were to cause the roof to cave in. <laughs> I don't really think you need to be wearing them now. They look great. I like the little rubber things flopping on the side when you wiggle your head. That's nice. <laughs> that's good well i had no idea (laughs) i had no idea what sort of situation i was walking into i like to be prepared safety comes before any sort of energetic uh response or interaction in my life that's a a forefront of uh my uh uh, 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 apparatus uh uh, uh, my modus uh, operandi that is very good we don't really care a lot about safety over here at the uh blind alchemy podcast because obviously ted is here we can't be very safe with him ever that's why he's usually sedated into that chair and only can push record and stop so let's break down the stages of chemistry if you would like to mr uh Professor Fink. My name is Dr. Frank. I don't really care. Well, the stages of chemistry would involve preparing the experiment, uh, a null hypothesis of something that you'd like to measure, uh, perhaps something that you'd like to disprove. Uh, usually science is, is about the disproving of things. Many people misconceptualize that it's about uh, uh, making discoveries and uh, creating new things and new ideas, but most of science is actually disproving ideas 
ideas, which uh, you have, uh, because it's much easier to find a statistical probability of uh, something not being something than it is uh, to uh, find a statistical probability of something that can repeat it if it's a created thing. But I think maybe what you meant to ask about uh, were the phase transitions. Is that what you were interested in? Sure. Let's go right here. What is step one of the chemical transfer process? Well, of course, you know, phase transitions uh, refer to different things, uh, as you may well know, like melting, which is, of course, a transition from a solid to a liquid, uh, freezing, which is the transition from a liquid to a solid, uh, vaporization, which is the transition from a liquid to a gas, uh, condensation, the transition from a gas to a liquid, uh, sublimation, which is oh, my favorite, the transition from a solid to a gas. Gas or deposition, a transition from a gas to a solid. That's all of them? You need a lot of safety to make mud? Well, there are other ideas. Oh, these are mainly uh, thermodynamic uh, phase transitions is what these describe, and they are, uh, they are controlled uh, by three main principles. Uh, generally, these three main principles are temperature, uh, pressure, and composition. Those are factors that can influence these different phase transitions. Uh, there are extra thermo dynamic phase transitions uh, uh, under the air and fast classification scheme. Uh, there could be the principle of a third or a fourth or a higher order phase transitions. These are less common, of course. Uh, the second order phase transitions include ferromagnetic transition, uh, superconducting transition, and uh, superfluid transition. But those are second order transitions. Superfluid? Yes, they're, they're characterized by a divergent susceptibility uh, and the infinite correlation length and a power law decay of uh, correlations near criticality. But that might be a bit over your head. I'm just guessing by the stupor look on your face. Yeah, you got me there. Superfluid to me is, uh, you know, the, what they gave Captain America to make him Captain America, you know. Oh, I don't mistake superfluid for seminal fluid. Those are two different things. They're very different. Well, I don't want any of that you. I don't want Yeah. Anyway, so I am going to go into the chemistry lab with you for hypothesis sake. Well, I'd like to know more about what you believe uh, the phase transitions or the different phases of alchemy are. Can you tell me a bit more about that? I seem to have lost that in uh, my scientific studies. First stage of the alchemical transformation is the stage of calcination. Calcination is a thermal treatment of a solid chemical compound whereby the compound is raised to a high temperature without melting under restricted supply of ambient oxygen, generally for the purpose of removing impurities or volatile substances and to incur thermal decomposition. So it's a little bit like your first step of chemistry, huh? Well, it does sound like something about... Uh, Sounds like all the steps at once. It does sound a bit like condensation or deposition. Uh, the transitions from gas to liquid or the transitions from gas to solid. Is that what you're saying? Uh, it's the formation of a, a, a sublimation or a, a, the anti-sublimation of one element uh, from a solution of other elements. That's what it sounds like to me. Well, that sounds pretty close. See, the first step of calcination is basically uh, burning away the impurities. 
of whatever metal you're working with, because alchemy it tends to work with more metals than more base metals. And I think the trick here is uh, understanding that there are two types of alchemy. Now, we have what is called spiritual alchemy, which is kind of like a, you know, a medieval self-help, if you take a look at it like that, and laboratory alchemy, which is the predecessor to actual chemistry, where they literally went into a lab and worked with these physical matter. Now, the language doesn't really change, and that's what makes it tricky to decide what we're talking about if we're talking about spiritual alchemy or laboratory alchemy. The process is still the same, and that's what we like to encourage, self-growth, self-understanding, and personal growth here at the Blind Alchemy Podcast, and you have got it in spades, sir. Your brain is humongous. It's sticking out your ears there. It's ginormous. I'm glad to have a man of your caliber behind the microphone here with me on this show. I don't know why you stooped so low to come and visit and sit in my chair, but I am so grateful that you did. I am just blown away by your... I've never seen so many... Oh, I'm grateful just to have someone who can recognize these little tufts that stick out of my ears. Most people think that oh, I just haven't uh, trimmed my ear hair. And of course, those are actually uh, tufts of white matter that are sticking out of my ears. It makes it extremely hard to wear these headphones at this moment uh, oh, yeah. because they're causing a bit of a cer uh, cerebral hematosis. But uh, these different phases as you've described them, uh, calcination and um, 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 dissolution, separation, conjunction, fermentation, distillation, and coagulation. I don't think you actually explained all those. I don't believe I Are those the other stages of alchemy, as they are called? Mm-hmm. Say that again. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, you agree. That is what they are. Well, all of those are, are actually still terms that we use in chemistry today. So you still use these terms, these classic medieval terms today. I find that interesting. Don't you, Ted? Yeah, there, it doesn't matter what you think. That's right. They're still descriptions of different, uh, 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 different processes, if you will. Uh, and the phases of transition all fall within these different processes, uh, these different treatments of uh, chemical compounds, uh, for example, <laughs> calcination where the compounds raise to a high temperature under melting and, 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 and usually we use a supply of ambient oxygen generally for the purpose of removing impurities as as you mentioned or other volatile substances to incur a thermal decomposition that's generally as i stated before one of the phase transitions uh, either uh, melting or uh, vaporization or condensation or sublimation would be used in this process of calcination, uh, that's what would uh, cause that separation from one material to the other material. One of those materials would be undergoing one of these different types of phase transition, which would generally cause a, a difference in the chemical bonds uh, between the different uh, chemical mixtures that are within the uh, solution. Now, continuing forward with the uh, second stage of the alchemical process, dissolution. Whereas the first stage is purification by fire, dissolution involves purification by water. Hmm, interesting. Water is known uh, as the universal solvent for its ability to dissolve other substances. Water is also an expression of mercury, which is the esoteric 
true universal solvent. The most important characteristic. I have to take issue with this uh, wording. Uh, you're saying that H2O is the uh, is the expression of mercury, which has uh, quite a different uh, elemental uh, atomic number on the periodic table. Uh, if you indeed uh, look at the periodic table, you'll see that these two things have a completely different molecular composition. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 You're absolutely right. You're right. You've ruined my whole career. My, my job's over. Ted, Ted, we're fucking done. This guy's... We have no... We, we don't even know... Why are we here, Ted? Apparently, alchemy is all wrong. It's a lie. It's a sham. Uh, according to Mr. Uh, uh, PhD Pants over here. We're idiots. So we should probably just hang it up and go get drunk. What do you think, Ted? Is that what you want to do? I think he's already drunk. You already are drunk. Of course. Of course you are. I don't know why that is. We can figure that out, though. Yeah, Ted, we should probably hire a researcher. What window was that in, Ted? God damn it. <laughs> now we've just got dead air. For those fine, fabulous folks over at Hairline Productions, I had it right out. Should be easy. Snip, snip, no more dead air. Those guys are great. Man, I'd like to thank them. Personally, I have many times uh, for all the hard work they put in and making us sound like, uh, you know, almost like we know what we're talking about anyway. Oh, good. We're rescued by another commercial. Now we will take a break for some advertisements. Please support our sponsors. Just imagine this could be your advertisement. Please reach us at theblindalchemypodcast at gmail.com to provide sponsorship. And now, back to the show. Sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and when you feel it in your chest, exhale into the now moment. And join me, the Blind Alchemist, as we conduct a little blind alchemy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I am, of course, your host, the Blind Alchemist. And with us today is Professor Thaladius Fink, Millennius, Millennial Falcon. That's not his name, Ted. Thaladius Frunk, sir. Thaladius Frunk, sir. Frunk. Frunk like your trunk. Oh. Like she's got so much junk in the trunk. <laughs> frunk. She's got frunk in her trunk. I got you. You, sir, are a dog. Putting a little frunk in the trunk. <laughs> Hopefully you'll edit out some of my uh, less presentable... Uh, <laughs> Um, social inequity. <laughs> you cut a rug on the dance floor, do you, Professor? Oh, why? Yes, I've studied every form of fluid and uh, physical motion there is, and uh, I've applied those different forms of physical motion to my own uh, corporeal body on the dance floor. Uh, I don't know much about dancing the polka, but I do like a good swing band. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like a heavy horn section myself. And do you find that the ladies like the swing? Do you like swing ladies? 
Or a ladies' that swing, I guess, would be a better way to phrase that. I do indeed like the ladies uh, of all forms, as long as they're swinging. Uh, and uh, if they have orbiting bodies uh, around their uh, central solar plexus, I find that to be extremely enjoyable as well. <laughs> you like orbital bodies? I, uh, all forms of satellites. So what you're saying is that you, sir, are an ass man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, uh, Mr. Uh, Thelonious Frunk, of course. Uh, Is it Thelonious? Felonious. Felonious Frunk? Thelonious Frunk. Uh, are your ears working correctly? Perhaps I need to uh, resolder the uh, electrical components in those headphones for you. Uh, uh, not at this moment. I think I've got a, a headphone issue, a volume issue. A sound guy's asleep, as usual. So I'm kind of. Moving around by the seat of my pants over here. But that's how we do it. So, Mr. Thelonious. 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 That's what I said. Thelonious. Thelonious, like melodious. Uh, Thelonious, uh, like... Thelonious. That's a great name. Uh, no, what was your mother's not name? Not like Mr. Monk. Not like the great jazz legend Thelonious Monk. Unfortunately, I was not named after uh, that amazing piano player. It's uh, Thelonious Frunk. Well, that is a shame. Very good musician. Well, you had suggested by the words that you said that Mercury was the ultimate uh, solvent. Perhaps I could suggest that uh, Mercury 2 cyanide, also known as uh, mercuric cyanide, uh, which is, of course, as you know, a very, very poisonous compound. Uh, it is odorless and, uh, and and can be seen in a toxic white powder in its uh, solid state. It is highly soluble in uh, polar solvents such as water or alcohol or ammonia or uh, ether. Uh, it is, however, insoluble in benzene and other hydrophobic solvents. Uh, perhaps that is uh, the angle that the ancient uh, alchemists were uh, going for before they uh, clearly understood uh, the concept of ionic bonds. Mm -hmm. I, I think they had a better understanding of all the stuff than we do now. We'll have to unpack what these words mean pertaining to alchemy because they don't mean what you think they mean, okay? Now, as it said here... Uh, Mercury means water. I think chemistry is alchemy light because it's alchemy minus the spirit. It only pertains to physical matter. And I think at the heart of everything, there must be spirit because spirit came first. Oh, well, uh, perhaps if we uh, listen to more of what you were saying, uh, we can uh, dig out those uh, ancient meanings as you suggested. Uh, I would be willing to listen and, uh, and not interrupt you this time. Ted, I had much better notes and I've lost them. Go ahead. So uh, let's just get back to dissertation. Not dissertation, dissolution. No, dissolution. Dissolution? Yes, that's the word. Where'd it go? Where did it go? Ted, what'd you do with my notes? Uh, perhaps you could use Control-F to uh, find on the page that you're looking. Yeah, I got it. Thank you. Control-F. Okay. See, it's called the universal solvent, water, mercury, H2O. Most important characteristic of this element is that it holds all the information of creation, both celestial and terrestrial. <laughs> Ted, bring the funk. Bring it back. Yeah, see? That's what water's got in it. Water's got the funk, and not the bad funk. 
the good funk, the groovy funk that makes life move on every ball of dirt, wax, and rock in the universe. Water is key. Water is one of the fundamental building blocks of life in the universe, and uh, it is theorized to be the only uh, molecular form which uh, inspires the generation of life in our galaxy. Uh, we do believe that it is the uh, source of all things that are alive and are dead. The reason for this, of course, is that uh, the the strength of the bond uh, between the two hydrogen atoms and the oxygen atom in the water molecule. So hydrogen and water make what now? Water? Hydrogen and oxygen make water, of course. Mm. Mm. Okay, now let's move on to the... Th well, I was just going to say that in modern chemistry, what you consider dissolution in uh, alchemy would probably be described by what we consider as solvation today. Solvation describes the interaction of a solvent with uh, some sort of dissolved molecules, both ionized and uncharged molecules that are interacting strongly uh, with the solvent. And the strength and the nature of this interaction uh, influence many properties of the solvent including uh, its solubility, its reactivity, its color, as well as influencing the properties of the solvent, such as uh, its viscosity and its density. So, uh, for example, in the case of water, uh, you, would, you would see these interactions of the hydrogen bonds and something that would be soluble or in a solvate state with water, of course, would have its own interactions with either those hydrogen molecules, most likely the hydrogen atoms of the molecules, uh, but in some extreme cases of volatile reactions, there could be interactions with those oxygen atoms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as I mentioned before, this, of course, would involve one of those three main, uh, 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 three, three main catalysts for uh, phase transitions, which I mentioned before, which, of course, are temperature, pressure, and uh, composition. Mm. Excellent. Excellent. Now let's move on to the third stage of alchemy slash chemistry comparison. Separation is the third stage of the alchemical process. The process of dissolution brought many of our inner workings and hidden patterns forward from their watery depths to be examined in the light of consciousness. Oh, in separation, we are further refining our psyche by consciously disbanding our attachments to the artificial self from the authentic one. The most precious material concerning alchemical is essence. This is an aspect connected to soul. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but chemistry doesn't have anything about soul in it. Well, the notions of the soul uh, is one of the great questions. Uh, there have been attempts at chemistry experiments performed on uh, uh, dead bodies in uh, forms of... Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not... You shouldn't be messing with dead things, man. Well...
They say that there's a difference in the weight of a dead body after uh, the soul has been released. 21 grams. I, I believe there's some uh, 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 hilarious notion of uh, 27 grams, which most likely is, is caused by a, a, a difference in the... Uh, uh, the reaching of equilibrium between the atmospheric air and the uh, molecules which are solvable in that air and the body itself. Um, it's possible that uh, this difference in weight would be caused by, uh, uh, you know, one of these different phase transitions like evaporation of water from uh, from the body or, or perhaps the discharge of um of uh, the bladder, uh, but it might be possible. Uh, uh, but uh, so far, as far as science has uh, has experienced, there there is no uh, chemical distinction of what uh, one might call the soul with uh, the other molecules in the in the corporeal body. Hmm. That's a shame. It seems like alchemy's winning here. Oh, how how would you... Uh... I've got seven stages, you've got six. I, I feel like I've, you just kind of changed the name of a few of the phases and called yourself smarter than me. I don't think that's fair. You removed the most important aspects of the process. Well, I, I, I would be surprised if your brain... Uh... Yeah, as you mentioned before, my brain does uh, stick out the sides of my ears, so I, I would be surprised if uh, there was some way uh, that your brain could possibly, possibly be as, uh, as strong as my brain. Uh, but I, I am indeed not calling you stupid. I'm just suggesting uh, that I haven't met someone as intelligent as me yet. Uh, I'm not saying uh, there aren't a few autistics out there that might be able to match me in my speech speed of calculation but perhaps what you're calling uh what what was the term that you used again separation separation in a modern chemistry sense uh, this might be comparable to uh what we might call uh, a fractionating separation process uh where a mixture is separated into fractions uh which have compositions that vary uh, according to uh some gradient um perhaps uh, a fraction could be defined as a group of chemicals that have similar boiling points or perhaps uh you might be referring to some sort of common fractionating process like fractional distillation or uh, which would, you know, be used to uh, produce a, a liquor or uh, uh, the type of uh, beverage that makes your brain go boing-bong and uh, various hydrocarbon fuels such as gasoline or kerosene, diesel. These are different products of fractionating distillations. Uh, there is uh, fractionating uh, columns, which we use uh, uh, like a vast chamber designed to separate different substances. Um, that is... Uh, a place where uh, fractionation or this uh, indeed separation uh, would occur in a modern chemistry lab. Uh, but no, there wouldn't be any description of uh, a soul or a spirit involved in these different fractionating separation processes. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a shame. How would one measure the soul? Let me ask you that question. In these alchemical experiments of yours, uh, how does one measure the amount of soul or spirit that's involved in the uh, chemical process? How, how is that described? I don't believe that it can be measured. It's just acknowledging that it's existence and it's there and bringing it back to its finest. You see, you remove the impurities from your soul through the first step 
Oh, your psyche, which, you know, subconscious, psyche, soul, it's all the same thing. I think that's where your soul lives. Where do you think the soul lives, Mr. Man? As I oh, stated... Wait, you don't even believe there is a soul, Mr. Scientist? Well, as I stated before, I wouldn't want to rule anything out. Uh, I'm just... We have no empirical observations of uh, this magical uh, substance, which is somehow inherent in all... Uh, uh, human beings, uh, I'm not exactly sure how one would even define the soul if one were trying to look for it in some sort of uh, chemistry experiment. Uh, perhaps we should start there. How would you define the soul? That is an excellent question. I think it's, um, it's probably personalized energy source. Personalized spirit. Okay, so you're you're talking about uh, some part of the uh, glycogen chain, uh, uh, the, the breaking down of complex sugars in your body into uh, those uh, less kinetically energetic forms, and and that separation of those different uh, phosphate nitrate uh, uh, molecules from those long carbon chains. Is that what you're suggesting? I don't think that's exactly what I'm suggesting. I don't think the soul is a process. It could be. I've never actually got one out of the box yet to break it apart, put it in my alchemy set to calcinate it. Now we will take a break for some advertisements. Please support our sponsors. Just imagine this could be your advertisement. Please reach us at the blind alchemy podcast at gmail.com to provide sponsorship and now back to the show uh calcinated soul now that sounds interesting what indeed would calcinate out of the soul what which elements do you think would come out of the soul if one were to separate or dissolate or calcinate the soul would it, would it form a, a an elemental form like palladium or thallium uh, uh, or uh, uh, dysprosium what what sort of uh, element would you suppose uh, would make up the soul that's probably unnameable and unknowable at this time because we do not have the technology to locate a soul to break a soul down into its elemental components, individual elemental components. We don't have that technology. The technology does not exist. I believe it once did long, long, long ago in the ancient days before the Ice Age, possibly. Really? And uh, I believe we'll get there again. It will take a matter of time for man to get smarter. I mean, you're well on your way with your brain under your ears there. Uh, maybe your children's children will be the guys that uh, break down the elemental composition of the soul itself. How would that make you feel? Well, if I had uh, any sort of sexual interaction with a lady, oh, that would make me feel wonderful. <laughs> Can you help arrange that for me? It's been a long, <laughs> long time since I've even felt the touch of a lady's hand. I believe the last time was uh, when I, indeed, at the uh, ripe old age of 37, left my mother's basement. <laughs> ripe old age of 37, I left my mother's basement. All right. Well, uh, that's a shame, as you... I have never felt the touch of a woman. I feel for you. You're really not missing much. I, I, I treat women like uh, an open flame. 
pretty to look at, nice to warm yourself with, but uh, left unattended, they'll burn everything down. So you're probably better off. Well, that does sound like an, a, a dangerous exothermic reaction. Mm -hmm. That's a woman all over. Perhaps the word I meant was exogenic. <laughs> okay, well, Ted, Ted, how much longer do we have in here? Yeah, I know it's my studio. I can be in here as long as I'd like, but uh, we don't have to get through all of them today, do we? Yes, Mom. Were you saying something? Oh, I was suggesting that I did dedicate at least an hour to this uh, recording today. If you'd like to, uh, uh, of course, pay my appearance fee, I'd be happy to come back again. So, <laughs> but uh, we do have at least uh, 10 more minutes left in this first hour. All right. Well, let's see if we can get on to the next stage of the alchemical process. Conjuration. Uh-oh. That sounds naughty, doesn't it? It sounds like something a sorceress might do. Conjunction. Oh my god, I can't read. Where are my glasses, Ted? Conjunction. Conjuration. That's completely different. That's a whole nother topic for a whole nother episode. Right, Ted? That's right. All right, thank you. I apologize, Mr. F Frunk. <clears throat> Or Professor Frank, I apologize, Professor. Yes, I do prefer uh, either Doctor or Professor Frank. Okay, Doctor or Professor Frank. Conjunction. Conjunction is the returning of the soul and body after the purification of fire and water. See, now that's the problem with uh, attempting to define the alchemical process. See, most of the things you're going to find pertain mainly to spiritual alchemy and not so much the uh, laboratory alchemy, which is a shame sometimes. But like I said, I believe the processes are the same for both. Now, conjunction is the rejoining of the separated matter and the unseparated matter, or the better. Once you've removed the impurities from them, you put them back together and you've got a new thing, a new element, if you will, a new aspect of self, a new aspect of being, a new way of thinking, a new way of looking at the world. And that's why we do these things. What do you find? Is there a step in chemistry or a stage of chemistry that uh, recombines everything you just took out? Make something new out of the old? Well, of course, if you want to discuss uh, combinatorial chemistry, uh, which compromises the chemical synthetic methods that make it possible to prepare a large number, uh, which of course would refer to like tens of thousands or even millions of compounds in a single process, uh, these compound libraries can be made as mixtures or sets of individual compounds or chemical structures generated by computer software. Combinatorial chemistry can, of course, be used for the synthesis of small molecules or peptides. Uh, uh, perhaps you're thinking of uh, recombining from these different phases of transition. Uh, as I've mentioned before, uh, there are uh, equations that we use uh, when we're discussing the different variables that we consider when looking at phase transition. If we're talking about the uh, transition from a more stable form of matter to one that is less stable, like, for example, the, the transition from a solid to a gas, then, of course, we would apply the ideal gas law, which involves uh, P equaling pressure, T equaling temperature, V equaling volume, R as the gas constant, of course, and N would be the number of moles of gas. Uh, one would refer to the ideal gas law. Uh, in order to reverse or recombine those different molecules from a gas to a solid, one 
one would have to go backwards in that phase transition would would require of course an increase in pressure or temperature um, but we would use the equations PV equals NRT or of course we might use the Van der Waals equation state of P plus A times N squared over V squared times V minus NB equals NRT uh, where of course uh, A and B are the constants that account for the intermolecular forces acting on the molecules of the gas. Does that address your your question uh, appropriately? Yeah, I think that adequately and overly answered a very complicated question. You did a great job. Thank you for being on the show. Once again, Professor Fromp. Fromp. If you'd like an example that uh, perhaps your uh, small brain might be able to better understand, uh, one could equate this to uh, putting a ice cube tray into the freezer, and then a couple hours later you take it out and you have ice. Well, that would be a combinatorial chemical process. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I certainly understand that. Cold make ice. I understand that. Thank you for breaking it down for us idiots. <laughs> Uh, the stage of conjunction. The reuniting of the body and soul after purification of fire and water and air that underwent in the first three phases of separation. Oh. Uh, this part of the great work is where we begin operating from a higher intelligence. See, in this stage, reconcealing of opposing forces within the individual whose masculine and feminine hemispheres, left and right brain thereby, are no longer warring and have begun to harmonize. A mystic's heart and mind have now been opened and are seeking balance. Oh, see, now this is a very important stage. Balance and understanding. Balance leads to a better understanding. Correct? Well, it does sound a bit like uh, a state of equilibrium, or uh, perhaps uh, we could illustrate this uh, procedure by the synthesis of some form of uh, dipeptide. Uh, take, for example, let's say you had three different amino acids as building blocks in uh, two different cycles, and each of these uh, Amino acids would be uh, arranged in different orders. You could take these uh, amino acids and use them in couplings. Uh, let's just suggest that we would color uh, the different pieces of these amino acids with three different colors. So we could say yellow, blue, and red. Um, and then uh, we could use an illustration using divergent arrows or vectors uh, of uh, dividing the solid support uh, resin. We'll use green to represent that into equal portions and uh, we could use vertical arrows uh, to mean the coupling uh, and convergent arrows uh, representing the mixing and the homogenization of the portions of the support. Uh, if we were to do that, we, we might see that uh, with combinatorial split mix synthesis uh, that uh, we would have uh, synthetic cycles of nine different dipeptides uh, to be formed and the third or fourth uh, cycles we might see that that number is exponentially increased to something like 27 tripeptides or 81 tetrapeptides. Does that explain uh, sort of what you're suggesting there, sir? That's a lot of tripeptides. You hit the nail on the head with that one, sir. 
You are a wealth of scientific knowledge. I am so grateful you were here. Thank you for joining us today. But uh, I think our hour is about up. We will uh, probably have to come back. We got your appearance fee. Patricia also wrote down a phone number for you. It's not hers, uh, so don't get super excited. It's her sister-in-law. Well, yeah, sister-in-law, but she's not married that way. You know, but anyway, you guys can work that out. Maybe uh, we'll come back and we'll see how your date went next time you're with us. If you wow, uh, actually... wow, wow, you're setting me up on a date. This yeah. is quite exciting. Yeah. Oh, good, good, good. Patricia, we thank you for helping our guest out with that. Uh, thank you. Will there be touching involved on this date? That is entirely up to her because, you know, consent comes first, my friend. Don't forget that. Well, of course not. I, 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 uh, okay. Yeah, perhaps we could make some sort of pre-arrangement. I, I, I'd love to have some sort of, uh, 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 we could pre-arrange that there would be touching involved. Uh, maybe just a touch on the hand. I mean, it has been a long time. I'm not getting involved in that, Patricia. You gave him the number. It's up to him, right? That's right. Okay. Your sister-in-law is very nerdy. Not this nerdy. This might be too nerdy. You're probably right. That is, that is, you're not going to wear that lab coat, are you? I mean, it's sexy, but. I mean, what would you suggest? I'm not exactly equipped with uh, uh, dating knowledge. Uh, is there a type of outfit that you would recommend? I, I have, uh. All sorts of costumes uh, for the common man. Uh, I have a costume that looks indeed like a suit, and I have a costume that looks like uh, uh, just a uh, what they might call a casual Friday wear. I, I went to the department store and uh, went to the casual section because uh, a friend of mine, a lab associate, had told me that I needed to uh, own something other than the lab coat. So I purchased uh, what they call casual wear. Uh, that was in uh, 1992. I'm not sure it's still fashionable. I haven't worn it yet. <laughs> yet. Uh, do you think that would be appropriate? Well, uh, we'll find someone to help you update your wardrobe. Patricia, are you game for that? Oh, she's down. She's going to hook you up with a place to go. You got a phone number there for a very nice lady. I've met her sister-in-law. She's very lovely. You're talking about the woman that I was introduced to that was surrounded by the animals, and she had some sort of paperwork about a, a divorce procedure between, a, indeed, a, a male canine and a female uh, a feline. Yes, Patricia is our legal team here. She is a pet divorce lawyer. It happens sometimes. Our jobs overlap. She's a very busy lady. There's a lot of pet divorces in the world today. Is it a sad state? These pets cannot get along. That sounds completely illogical. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, I, you don't have to understand. that It's just the reality of the things that people are strange. People do weird things, and we profit off of them, you know, because that's what we do. That's what you do? You profit off people? I, what do you mean? I, I, I mean, I, I'm not profiting off anyone. I don't think I'm profiting off anyone. Uh... I'm actually paying you to be here, so that's, that's a loss to me, and it's worth the uh, $75 in the bagels and locks that I uh, we've provided for you. I feel like, uh, are you not satisfied with your locks? Well, Not smoky enough, is that what you're saying? I found the bagel and the locks to be quite generous. Uh, I, I I did enjoy them immensely. Uh, I, I love the nice uh, capers that uh, were included on the bagel. Uh, that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do a good schmear around here. We try to, you know, make our guests feel welcomed and happy to be here. That's, that's what we aim for. 
at the Blind Alchemy Podcast. We do what we can to help everyone out. And hopefully we're going to help you out with this date. Uh, Samantha is Patricia's sister-in-law's name. Paul, I'm looking, I'm extremely looking forward to this. Uh, any sort of contact, uh, any sort of opportunity to communicate with a female other than uh, over a microscope is extremely exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Where are you going to take her? Uh, do I need to come up with some sort of uh, idea? Oh, yeah, dude, this is all on you, mister. Uh, you got to have a whole day planned. You might as well just get busy. Well, we'll just go to the most expensive restaurant in town. Don't forget food, most certainly. Don't forget food because women like to eat. They get hangry and pissy. You don't want to deal with a hungry woman ever. Well, I certainly don't like for a woman to urinate on me. That is not what I'm into. Um, I don't care what you're into or not into. I don't know what Samantha, uh, Patricia's sister-in-law, is into or not. Uh, that's You better figure out a way to communicate these things to her, and not us here at the show, because we're not going on the date with you. We're not going to help you out any more than we already have. Thank you once again for stopping by, Mr. Felonius Thrunk, Professor Junk in His Trunk. I bet you're all over the dance floor, aren't you? I bet that you should probably try dancing with Samantha next week or whenever your date may be. Okay, uh, I'll uh, I'll take a refresher course. Do you dance? Do you get jiggy with it? As I mentioned, as well as studying the different phases of chemical transition, I've studied the different physical movements that the human body can make. Mm-hmm. I've uh, studied all the different forms of movement, including mm-hmm. uh, things from Tai Chi mm-hmm. to uh, doing the Charleston. Oh, the Charleston. You can, in fact, uh, that's a very outdated dancer. You better get a little more modern in your dance routines because I don't, I don't know. It's up to you, whatever you want to do. Samantha might like that kind of thing. I don't know what the lady's into, but at any rate, that sums up this episode of Blind Alchemy podcast slash dating game with nerds or us over here. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, Thanks, Patricia and Ted, as always, for being asleep in the booth and barely being able to push the buttons. Thank our guests for being here. Thank you most of all for listening. Join us next time. Search us out on the socials. We've got a few of those. I um, can't possibly think of what they are at this particular moment, but I'm sure someone is manning that station and doing a fine job of uh, maintaining our social media platforms. No, nobody's doing that. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, okay. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you were with us, uh, Professor Thelonious Frunk. Is that, am I saying that wrong? I feel like I'm saying that wrong. It's Thelonious, 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 Thelonious Frunk. Thelonious. Yes. Thelonious Thunk. Oh. Frump, Thunk. Frunk. Swedish. Thrunk. Thrunk. Well. Oh, it's, oh, it is Swedish. Okay, that explains some things. All right. Thank you. Uh, what are these sounds? Ted, we've got an emergency. Uh, thank you for being here again, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome aboard, Mr. Thrunk. We're glad you're here, Professor. We will see you next time we decide to do this, and we will finish the seven stages of the alchemical process. How do you feel about that? Do you think it went fine today? I feel it went fairly well. Are you talking to me? Yes. Oh, yeah, it was fine. Thank you. Wave everybody out. Fade to black, Ted. Fade to black. Turn this son of a bitch off. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Ted. Thank you. See you later. We would love to receive your feedback and your questions for advice. Please email us or send us a voicemail. 
Our address is the Blind Alchemy Podcast at gmail.com. Find, like, review, subscribe, and contact us on Facebook and YouTube at the Blind Alchemy Podcast. All one word. Please subscribe to this podcast on your podcast player. We are available on Spotify and anchor.fm slash the Blind Alchemy Podcast. Please tell all your friends, enemies, and any strangers to listen to our podcast. Text-to-speech services were provided by freetts.com and readloud.net. Some information about the seven stages of the alchemical process were provided by an article with the same name at thealchemist.community. Information about chemical phase transitions was provided by chem.libertexts.org and wikipedia.org. Thank you for the use of music by www.steven-shabrian.net. Polka number one for accordion in C minor. We would like to extend a special thank you to the world's greatest musicians sound designers and engineers at Hairline Productions for their help with the composition, performance, editing, production, and recording of both the original music and today's show. Please like their content on SoundCloud.